Chapter Thirteen of Queen Zixi of Ix, or the Story of the Magic Cloak, by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen: Tullydub Rescues the Kingdom. All soldiers love to fight, so when the army of Ix learned that they were to go to war, they rejoiced exceedingly over the news. They polished up their swords and battle-axes, and sewed all the missing buttons on their uniforms, and mended their socks, and had their hair cut, and were ready to march as soon as the queen was ready to have them start. King Bud of Noland had an army of seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven men, besides a general ten feet high. But the queen of Ix had an army more than twice as big, and she decided to lead it in person so that when she had conquered the city of Nole, she herself could seize the precious magic cloak which she so greatly coveted. Therefore Queen Zixi rode out at the head of her army, clad in a suit of mail with a glittering helmet upon her head that was surmounted by a flowing white plume. And all the soldiers cheered their queen and had no doubt at all that she would win a glorious victory. Guavo the minstrel, who wandered constantly about, was on his way to no land again, and while Queen Zixi's army was cutting a path through the forest and making a bridge to cross the river, he came speedily by a little-known path to the city of Nole, where he told Tullydub, the Lord High Counselor, what was threatening his king. So, trembling with terror, Tullydub hastened to the palace and called a meeting of the five high counselors in the king's antechamber. When all were assembled, together with Bud and Fluff, the old man told his news, and cried, "'We shall all be slaughtered, and our kingdom sacked and destroyed, for the army of Ix is twice as big as our own, yes, twice as big.' "'Oh, pooh! what of that?' said Tollydub scornfully. "'Have they a general as tall as I am?' "'Certainly not,' said the chief counselor. "'Whoever saw a man as tall as you are?' "'Then I'll fight and conquer them,' declared Tollydub, rising and walking about the room, so that all might see where his head just grazed the ceiling. "'But you can't, General. You can't fight an army by yourself.' remonstrated Tullydub excitedly, and being so big you are a better mark for their arrows and axes. At this the general sat down rather suddenly and grew pale. "'Perhaps we can buy them off,' remarked the Lord High Purse-Bearer, jingling the purse that now never became empty. "'No, I'm afraid not,' sighed Tullydub. Quavo the minstrel said they were bent upon conquest, and were resolved upon a battle. "'And their queen is a witch,' added Tallydab nervously. "'We must not forget that.' "'A witch?' exclaimed Princess Fluff, with sudden interest. "'What does she look like?' But all shook their heads at the question, and Tullydub explained, "'None of us have ever seen her.' for we have never been friendly with the people of Ix. But from all reports Queen Zixi is both young and beautiful. 
Maybe it's the one who wanted to teach me witchcraft in order to steal my magic cloak, said Fluff with sudden excitement. And when she found she couldn't steal it, she went back after her army. What magic cloak do you refer to? asked Tullydub. Why, the one the fairies gave me, replied Fluff. Is it of gorgeous colors with golden threads running through it? asked the Lord High General, now thoroughly interested. Yes, said the princess, the very same. And what peculiar powers does it possess? Why, it grants its wearer the fulfillment of one wish, she answered. All the high counselors regarded her earnestly. Then that was the cloak I wore when I wished to be ten feet high, said Tollydob. And I wore it when I wished I could reach the apple, said Tellydeb. And I wore it when I wished that my dog Ruffles could speak, said Tallydab. And I wore it when I wished the royal purse would always remain full, said Tillydib. I did not know that, remarked Fluff thoughtfully. But I'll never forget that I lent it to Aunt Rivette, and that was the time she wished she could fly. Why, it's wonderful, cried old Tullydub. Has it granted you also a wish? Yes, said Fluff brightly, and I've been happy ever since. And has your brother the king had a wish? Tullydub inquired eagerly. No, said Bud, I can still have mine. Then why doesn't your majesty wear the cloak and wish that your army shall conquer the Queen of Ixes? asked the Lord High Counselor. I'm saving my wish, answered Bud, and it won't be that either. But unless something is done we shall all be destroyed, protested Tullydub. Then wear the cloak yourself, said Bud. You haven't had a wish yet. Good, cried the four other counselors, and the Lord High General added, that will surely save us from any further worry. I'll fetch the cloak at once, said Fluff, and she ran quickly from the room to get it. Supposing, Tullydub remarked hesitantly, the magic power shouldn't work. Oh, but it will, answered the general. I'm sure it will, said the steward. I know it will, declared the purse-bearer. It cannot fail, affirmed the executioner. Remember what it has already done for us. Then Fluff arrived with the cloak, and, after considering carefully how he would speak his wish, the Lord High Counselor drew the cloak over his shoulders and said solemnly, I wish that we shall be able to defeat our enemies and drive them all from the kingdom of Noland. "'Didn't you make two wishes instead of one?' asked the princess anxiously. "'Never mind,' said the general. "'If we defeat them it will be easy enough to drive them from our kingdom.' The Lord High Counselor removed the cloak and carefully refolded it. "'If it grants my wish,' said he thoughtfully, "'it will indeed be lucky for our country that the Princess Fluff came to live in the palace of the king.' The queen formed her men into a line of battle facing the army of Nole, and they were so numerous in comparison with their enemies that even the more timorous soldiers gained confidence and stood up straight and threw out their chests as if to show how brave they were. Then 
Queen Zixi, clad in her flashing mail and mounted upon her magnificent white charger, rode slowly along the ranks, her white plume nodding gracefully with the motion of the horse. And when she reached the center of the line she halted, and addressed her army in a voice that sounded clear as the tones of a bell, and reached to every listening ear. "'Soldiers of the land of Ix,' she began, "'we are about to engage in a great battle for conquest and glory. Before you lies the rich city of Nole, and when you have defeated yonder army and gained the gates, you may divide among yourselves all the plunder of gold and silver and jeweled and precious stones that the place contains. Hearing this, a great shout of joy arose from the soldiers, which Zixi quickly silenced with a wave of her white hand. For myself, she continued, I desire nothing more than a cloak that is owned by the Princess Fluff. All else shall be given to my brave army. But suppose we do not win the battle, asked one of her generals anxiously. What then do we gain? Nothing but disgrace, answered the queen haughtily. But how can we fail to win when I myself lead the assault? Queen Zixi of Ix has fought a hundred battles and never yet met with defeat. There was more cheering at this, for Zixi's words were quite true. Nevertheless, her soldiers did not like the look of the silent army of Nole, standing so steadfastly before the gates and facing the invaders with calm determination. Zixi herself was somewhat disturbed at this sight, for she could not guess what powers the magic cloak had given to the Nolanders. But in a loud and undaunted voice she shouted the command to advance, and while trumpets blared and drums rolled, the great army of Ix awoke to action and marched steadily upon the men of Nole. Bud, who could not bear to remain shut up in his palace while all this excitement was occurring outside the city gates, had slipped away from Fluff and joined his gigantic general Tullydob. He was, of course, unused to war, and when he beheld the vast array of Zixi's army he grew fearful that the magic cloak might not be able to save his city from conquest. Yet the five high counselors, who were all present, seemed not to worry the least bit. "'They're very pretty soldiers to look at,' remarked old Tollydob complacently. "'I'm really sorry to defeat them. They march so beautifully. But do not let your kind-hearted admiration for the enemy interfere with our plans,' said the Lord High Executioner, who was standing by with his hands in his pockets. "'Ho, oh, ho, I won't,' answered the big general with a laugh which was succeeded by a frown. Yet I can never resist admiring a fine soldier, whether he fights for or against me. For instance, just look at that handsome officer riding beside Queen Zixi, her chief general, I think. Isn't he sweet? He looks just like an apple. He is so round and wears such a tight-fitting red jacket. Can't you pick him for me, friend Tellydeb? I'll try. And the Lord High Executioner suddenly stretched out his long arm and reached the faraway general of Ix, 
and pulled him from the back of his horse. Then, amid the terrified cries that came from the opposing army, Tellydeb dragged his victim swiftly over the ground until he was seized by the men of Nole and firmly bound with cords. "'Thank you, my friend,' said the general, again laughing and then frowning. "'Now get for me that pretty queen, if you please.' Once more the long arm of the Lord High Executioner shot out toward the army of Ix. But Zixi's keen eyes saw it coming, and instantly she disappeared, her magical arts giving her power to become invisible. Tellydeb, puzzled to find the queen gone, seized another officer instead of her, and dragged him quickly over the intervening space to his own side, where he was bound by the Nolanders and placed beside his fellow-captive. Another cry of horror came from the army of Ix, and with one accord the soldiers stopped short in their advance. Queen Zixi, appearing again in their midst, called upon her wavering soldiers to charge quickly upon the foe. But the men, bewildered and terrified, were deaf to her appeals. They fled swiftly back over the brow of the hill, and concealed themselves in the wooded valley until the sunset and it was far into the night before Queen Zixi succeeded in restoring her line of battle. End of chapter 13